Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Welcome, everyone, to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about something that I think might be kind of needed right now, staying positive even when times are tough. As we start to wind down 2020, the bizarreness of this year, it just keeps giving. (laughs) It does not seem to be letting up. But luckily for us, we have the perfect guest. Our guest today is the founder of No Quit Living and the Positivity Tribe. I think we need both of those. Welcome, Christopher Worth. I appreciate the opportunity of being here. (laughs) Well, Chris, uh, tell everybody, before we get into what's happening all around us this year, tell everybody a little bit about your background and what your business looks like today. Yeah, I appreciate that. So when I graduated college, I played basketball and tennis in college. And when I graduated, I coached college basketball for a couple of years and got into the wealth management field and was doing a bunch of speaking within that field. And Somebody that uh, had an impact on me was John Maxwell. I got certified through his speaking training and coaching company back in 2011. And I selfishly did it because, as I said, I was doing a lot of work within the wealth management field. I was on quite a few boards and I had done quite a few keynote speeches. And I just wanted to become a better version of myself. Fast forward to 2017, I launched No Quit Living as a company full-time. And we do a bunch of work now with coaches within the college world, with sports teams. We do a lot with sales teams, organizations. And I launched my podcast also, same name, No Quit Living in 2017. And we've been super grateful to be rated a top 50 podcast on iTunes in three a little bit interesting categories, business, health, and self-help, which is kind of interesting as far as a a mix. And for, for me, the opportunity to to just share our message and mission has been been fantastic. And I think in today's day and age, one of the things that we focus on with our company is accountability, effectiveness, and efficiency are the three things that I think we all, myself included, could could get little tweaks here and there. And I think for, for us, the number one objective is just to motivate and inspire people each and every day just to keep going. And, and I think with that whole message of no quit, you know, people always ask, you know, do you never quit ever? And I said, you know, there's a difference of, you know, going from zero to a hundred miles an hour. But what we talk about is, you know, just give it one more day today. Don't give up today. Don't quit today. Doesn't mean you're signing a 30 year lease or mortgage on, on never giving up no matter what, but it's just putting that mindset and saying, you know what, I'm going to take it one more day and I'm not going to give up today. Now you said three things, accountability, effectiveness, and what was the third one? Efficiency. Oh, that's my favorite word. (laughs) I love efficiency. Oh, that's great. And so is that kind of the basis for the work that you're doing? Yeah, it's it's the basis of it. The the one thing is is accountability is is kind of the the main thing. But Mm -hmm. what we've realized over the last many years is efficiency and effectiveness go hand in hand. And I think depending upon which what format you're in, almost some ways you can interchange the three of them depending on who the audience is or who your client is. Right. Got it. Well, okay. So Chris, (laughs) let's talk about 2020, shall we? (laughs) 
we have about seven and a half days to uh, yeah. talk about this. The gifts keep giving. The gifts oh. keep coming. Uh, it's just the the year that wouldn't stop living. And and honestly, I'm not in favor of all the negative memes. I think they're funny, but I'm not actually buying into that 2020 is a year. But we have to be, I guess, logical about what is before us okay so COVID hits in march and all of the speaking is now gone live speaking we start regrouping maybe a month or two later people don't have any money but then they recognize hey wait a second we still have a lot of work to do in our company and the budgets start to come back and we actually have seen in our client base anyway a lot of people who have bounced into a lot of virtual work consulting work coaching work we've seen all kinds of revenue streams going up so that's all very positive. But if we were to focus on what isn't necessarily there, we're not back to travel. There are a lot of people who really miss the live audiences, and I get that. If you're even just thinking on a personal level, you're, we've gone kind of quasi into lockdown again. Our, our provincial guideline is that we cannot see more people than the people in our household. And so we're kind of taking steps back on COVID. The president has COVID. We don't know what's happening with that. I mean, it just gets, the, the, the elections coming up in 29 days at the time of this recording. I mean, there's so much divisiveness. And I think that if you are a person who has any chinks in your positive armor that things might be feeling a little crumbly right about now. Yeah, I, I, I first of all, I appreciate the, the back story on kind of the where we are with, within this whole uh, 2020. And I think to your point, some of the memes are humorous and it's good to have and take that, that approach to it. But so many people I've talked about, not just during this recording, but months in advance of, of this and, and prior, people, well, let's just fast forward and get rid of 2020. And to your point, it'd be nice to be able to do that. I'm sure a bunch of us would have liked to have skipped from 2019 to 2021 and just say, you know, we didn't know what happened. But yeah. in today's day and age, there is such a focus on, on the negativity and what's not going right. And this person did this or didn't do that, or this president or this potential. And I think what we try to do as, as a company, not only with the things that we do, our, our podcast, but also with the speaking is, is really changing that channel. And something we talk about often is muting negativity by spreading positivity. And what I mean by that is I can't control what you say. I can't control what the president does or does not say. But what I can control is I can control what I watch, what I listen to, what I give my attention to, what comes out of my mouth, what do I type, what do I share, what do I retweet, repost, recomment on. And one thing that we found, and we do a lot of work with this with our clients, especially in the social media world, is the algorithms are based upon what you comment on, what you like on, what you share, and then what you put out there. And I think so many people have this idea that I can't control any of it. And all social media is negative and, and there's nothing but negativity. And, and when we do our, our in-person, hopefully by the time this is out, we won't be that far away from doing some things in, in real live time. But people need to understand that they do have a control over a bunch of their social media. You do have a control over it. You can't obviously control absolutely everything, 
but you do have the ability to limit some of the things you're seeing. Some ways you can completely eliminate some of it, but the other perspective is you can focus on the things that you do want to see. And I think that's something we talk about often is instead of focusing on what you don't want, what you don't want to see, what you don't want to hear, focus instead and put your attention, your efforts on the things that are positive, the things that are uplifting. And, and Zig Ziglar always used to talk about that. He's, he's been a mentor to me when he was alive, an amazing, amazing person. But he talked about so many elections that were swayed because people put all their focus on the candidate they didn't want to win. And ultimately, it flipped the script. And now all of a sudden, that person, he or she has been elected. And I think that's something that we all need to understand and really value during these difficult times. So if we were to kind of start making a list of things that we could be doing maybe a little bit differently, there's a really good Netflix documentary out right now called The Social Dilemma. And that talks about how the algorithms work. So my husband's feed is very, very different from my feed because he's gone down some rabbit holes. I just, so, I, just wrote, I just wrote that word down as you're talking. It's the rabbit holes of, of The rabbit holes, he, he's clicked there. And I'm like, why did you click? Well, now he's getting fed all, of, all kinds of stuff. And so he'll, he'll say, hey, did you know this just happened? And I said, I'm pretty sure that's fake news. We should double check it because, you know, things didn't round true. So let's control. Number one, our feeds. I've gone through and turned off after watching The Social Dilemma. I've gone through and turned off all of the notifications because it's actually the notifications that keep you coming back to your phone and getting more addicted to your phone. And I'm not saying my addiction is kicked right now, but that's one thing is to check your notifications and see what all is flowing in. How else can we control what we put out? Talk about that a little bit, Chris, in terms of what we put out onto our own feeds, maybe being a little bit more intentional about that. I absolutely love love that word, being intentional. I want to just take one step back for a second. One of the things, in addition to, as you spoke about your husband, is going down those rabbit holes. One of the things we talk about with our clients often is limiting your time on social media and time blocking where you say, okay, and, and here's the reality, especially with speakers, you need to utilize social media in different forms. You need to have a presence on different yes. things. Now, I also want to be very careful. It doesn't mean you need to spend an hour scrolling randomly and just clicking, 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 but you do have to put things out there and you do have to share different videos and different content to get out there and to get your message and thing out, mm-hmm. things out there. And I think that it's important to understand that, but the flip side of that is it's don't go down that rabbit hole. You don't need to spend 12 seconds and just doing it and, and you know, randomly hoping that it, you know, there's, there's no edits and things you need to make, but there's also the difference of spending 30 minutes or 40 minutes. But to your point of, of being consistent with the message that's out there, but being really intentional with what are you putting out there? What is the reason you're doing something? And I think in so many times during these, these difficult times, and even before, people are sharing things and putting things out there for a reason. And it's not always their message or their mission. It's for, well, is this going to get likes? Is this going to get comments? And, right. and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that you, know, you don't want to get people to support your, your message and your mission. But when you're really being intentional on in what you're doing and focusing on spreading your message and mission, not what other people want to hear, not what is just going to get liked or just going to get retweeted or reposted. Right. And, and when you're extremely intentional on in what you're doing, I think it has 
such a profoundly positive impact on other people because people are now paying more attention and saying, wow, you know, Jane's putting this out, Chris is putting this out. I really like how this is something that we really need during these challenging times. And I think when you're super intentional with what you're putting out there, mm-hmm. I think the end result is people start paying a little bit more attention because they know, know that you're actually doing something with a reason as opposed to just putting things out there to get likes or comments or, or reposts or retweets. Right, right. I have a team that does social for me, but I do my own feed on Facebook and I have been incredibly intentional about not posting anything divisive on there. Although I am curious, I have to tell you, I'm curious about some things, but I can't let my curiosity get involved. Oh, uh, I, I've stopped so many, you know, where you want yeah, to comment or... It, but. And let's just say flat out that when it comes to politics, you're never going to change anybody else's mind by reposting something that you saw that you thought was good. So I just completely, I I cannot tell you how many times I've like written something up and then deleted it (laughs) or written something up and then deleted it. Like I really want to scream at the screen sometime, but that is not helpful and it's not going to help me in my business and it's not going to help you in your business, which is ultimately why I don't do it. If it's not going to help you in your business, then I'm not going to do it. And early in COVID, I even started with like positive posts week one. And I just asked a question that would bring positivity in. And then that made other people feel better because they could see, oh yeah, there is some business being done. And then I did that for several weeks in a row and that got the ball rolling to something that I think is probably pretty positive. Yeah, no, and to, and to your point too, I think you may feel good for that three or four seconds when you, <laughs> when you write it and you say, ah, but then all of a sudden you just see, the comments and you're like, okay, that wasn't worth it. Can of worms, can of (laughs) worms. Don't even go there. Okay. So you can limit your feed. You can look at what you're putting out, be more intentional about that. You can limit your time and time block. I love those uh, terms that you used. Focus on the good stuff. And I think uh, that may be cleaning up your feed a little bit. There are people that might be on your feed that you don't need to see them. And I like that you don't have to block people in order not to see them anymore. You can unfollow. It doesn't have to offend anybody or be a big thing. Let's just unfollow. I've only blocked one person and uh, I kind of felt bad about it a little bit later. And I then I unblocked him later, but he will annoy me and he'll probably go back. (laughs) You know, you you said something that I just, I want to interject for a second is, is, that is one of the most underutilized things in regards to muting negativity and spreading positivity is, yeah. is two, three, four years ago. It was almost like if I unfollowed you, you'd get like a blast in your face yeah. and be like, Chris unfollowed you. He doesn't like you and yeah. he, he wants you to go away. You now need to have a difficult conversation with Chris about this. <laughs> and, and now it's just, it's, it's, they don't know and, and you can mute certain things. You, so for example, if people share just in their stories on Instagram, you can mute just the stories or you can mute just yeah. the actual posts or you can do both. But, but I'm glad you touched on that because that's something that people don't understand. And that goes back to what I said earlier when people say, well, all social media is negative. And you say, well, if there's people that you still want to you know, have on your, on your social media, but you just don't want to see their stuff. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is, is, you can unmute them under your own control. So for example, with Facebook and things, when you unfollowed or unfriended somebody in the past, you would then have to go back through the process. So even if they missed the fact that you weren't 
following them or friends. Now all of a sudden they say, well, wait a second, what happened? So that's another skill is you can, you can mute people temporarily. And, and candidly speaking, I know a bunch of people in the United States that have muted a bunch of people during this election because oh, they, you have to. I'm very good friends with this person. I just don't want to see what he or she has to say all day long about how amazing their candidate is and how horrific the other person is. Yeah. And, and just to stay on Facebook for one more minute, if I have clients, I will ask to see them first because I want to know what's going on. And so that's an option you can use as well. But let's talk about channels for a minute, uh, Chris, because <laughs> I watched yesterday Twitter blow up as President Trump was doing his kind of uh, COVID victory lap around the block to say hello to his fans. And Twitter went ballistic. I mean, I'm, it was like watching a slot machine that had just won, watching the numbers go up. I find personally, so I'm just really thinking about the differences between channels. I find that Twitter is probably the most political channel. Mm -hmm. And so that's also something to think about is where do you want to be spending your time in terms of, so I've backed out of Twitter incredibly over the years, and we really only put any time and energy into Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, and that's it. So think about what channels you're focusing on, and I think that will also help the inflow of negativity. Yes, that's a, that's a fantastic point, and, and I agree with you. I do believe that, that Twitter is the most political, and I'm not <laughs> sure if, if our president has had uh, as big of an impact as, as he thinks he has. But to your point is, is that's a great point. And I know some people that have eliminated some of their channels and said, look, I don't want to be a master of master of what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Yes, exactly. Instead of putting out 15 different messages. And I know some people that just have Instagram as far as they connect Twitter and Facebook through that. So it looks like to their, to their clients or potential clients that they're on all three channels, but they're really focusing their attention. And I know people that have not been on Twitter in months, but they still put things out on Twitter because they can inter interchange those messages by linking them. And that's another thing that, that I'm glad you touched on because a couple of my clients do that in regards to their branding. And they say, look, I don't want to be on five different things, but you know what? Via Instagram, I can be on Facebook and Twitter together, but I'm not going on Facebook and then going on Twitter and you do it from one place. And within a minute or two, you can have those three platforms all connected. So I'm glad you touched on that because that is, that is important. It does not only control what you see and what you do, but it also maximizes your time as well. So the other option in terms of social media, and then we'll wrap this up and move on to something else is to think about doing a cleanse. So if you go a week or two, I may have to go 29 days because that's how long till the election. <laughs> but then I think I have to add a month or two after that because I don't think the results will be in. But anyway, it's going to drive me crazy. And I need to really recognize what my thoughts are going to be and what I want them to be and be more intentional about my thoughts moving into this chapter. I live in Canada, Chris. I have no idea why I am so engaged in U.S. politics. My clients are there and I really feel passionately about them succeeding. And in order to succeed, that's why I feel like uh, politics is such a big part of that. But um, 
I think going on some sort of cleanse mm. or it could be a social media cleanse. It could be a news cleanse. It could be whatever for a period of time. That's always something that can help people just pull back and get a sense of self again. I love it. And I, I think to your point, I think a bunch of us might take your idea of uh, doing that 29, if not 30, 31, 35, 40 day cleanse to uh, get through this uh, craziness we are calling an, an election. Yeah, I go, I, go, I go in and out of addiction and um, in terms of uh, addicted to the news. And right now I'm kind of fully ensconced. Two weeks ago, I was doing great, but not so much today. So let's think about in terms of being positive in our day-to-day life and was social media set aside and say news set aside. What are some things that people can do to foster positivity? Yeah, I appreciate that question. And it's something that obviously hits home with me. But the term that we use often is controlling the controllables. And I think what I look at that is, and on our podcast, and also with our company, we've looked at bookending your days. And what we mean by that is your morning routine and your evening routine and going through that controlling the controllables idea and concept is those are usually the two times that you can really control your day. And what I mean by that is how you wake up and how you begin your day often has a significantly positive or significantly negative. It goes to the proactive versus reactive. And obviously you talked about social media and we talked about some of those channels and things, but it goes even further in the sense of even if you have zero, let's say you're one of those amazing people that have zero social media. You have a phone which has text messages, which has phone calls and voicemails and emails. And now all of a sudden, as soon as you start your day and you start listening to those things and and Mm -hmm. responding to them, you're now reacting as opposed to being proactive. So we focus with our clients on, again, those bookends, the morning and the evening. And it goes a little bit further depending on the clientele, your morning routine and your evening routine, whether they're sports teams, business people, a lot of sales teams and corporations, but even with, with speakers and, and wannabe speakers that are looking to take their speaking career to the next level is focusing on what you can control. And, mm-hmm. and as I said, there are unfortunately limited things that we all have that control over. But the minute you open up your email, the minute you look at your text messages, all of a sudden you're just now responding, 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 reacting, you know, you're getting hit. And, and all of a sudden it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, and you've responded to, or you've replied to four or five emails. And not that they're not important. I want to be clear. I'm not saying in any way, you know, you just forget about everybody else, but what's another hour. Not only that, but is, is that person's request really the number one thing you need to do at 8am? I'm not saying you forget them and say, I'll get back to my client in a week, but do you really need to get to them at 8 a.m.? And would the world end or would their world end if you responded at, at 9 or 9.30? And that's the thing that I don't think people understand. And I'm, I'm guilty of it myself is, is you all of a sudden put yourself going back to what you were speaking about your, your husband with that rabbit hole is now you're going down that email or the text message rabbit hole. And if you're like me, and I'm, I'm sure you are, you get a bunch of great messages, you get a bunch of silly messages, but then all of a sudden you get a, a bunch of junk and you're like, well, what is this? Why is this? So I think that's really important to bookend your days and, and really focus on what's the most important thing. And I, that's a, something I say to my clients all the time. Is this the most important thing to do right now? If not, okay, then let's delegate this for a later time. Let's delegate it to an assistant or a staff member, or maybe even on a Monday morning. This is not the most important thing right now. I can 100% respond to this on Tuesday or Wednesday. 
and I'm going to focus on these things that I, that I need to do. And more importantly, that I want to do and will help my personal or professional life. I like that. And we got into the morning routine a lot on our, uh, my Michelle Cedarberg uh, podcast. Maybe we can put a link to that in the show notes, Monica. The morning routine. So I actually have a product for this called the Wealthy Speaker Daily Success Planner and Journal. And it has you setting out your day from a very intentional standpoint. Mm. I think that might be our first question is what's your intention for today? And then we talk about what the goals are for today. We get into gratitude and how we're going to balance our mind, body, and spirit and that type of thing. And it really helps me in terms of if I'm working on that versus picking up my phone, I don't bring my phone into the bedroom and I know a lot of people do. So that's a habit you could cut out immediately. But um, I don't really look at my phone until after the journaling is done. And I think that that's a good deal to make with myself because now I am really being more intentional about my time that leads up to my start time of work. One of the things I talked to Michelle about was that I usually don't start coaching or recording podcasts or anything until noon. And so I want to be more intentional about my nine to noon chunk. And I usually put things in there that I want to get done, but I want to do that even more intentionally so that I don't have three hours of time that was, you know, squibbled away on whatever. I want to be like very clear on how I spent this time. And at the end of the day, Chris, I'm going to give you one more thing. We actually have it set up. I have it set up so that it's happening for me now at nine o'clock at night, but you could do it at four o'clock in the afternoon. I have an app that pings me and says, what were your wins today? Mm. So that is uh, by Dan Sullivan. It's called Win Streak, W-I-N-S-T-R-E-K. I've said it on the uh, podcast before. And the Win Streak app really helps you be recognize that, hey, a lot of really good things happened today and it keeps you focused on the positive, which then keeps and drives momentum. I love that. I, you know, it's funny. You just mentioned that I was just having a conversation with a mastermind that I lead last week and and we were focusing just on that is is the small wins and i think in today's day and age especially with technology and social media is we fixate often too much on what didn't go perfect or what we didn't do just as much as we wanted to you know you might have a launch and you wanted to get seven figures and you only got you know nine hundred thousand dollars and not that you want to not (laughs) succeed but when you over fixate and i think that's something that i've become really passionate about is is putting those small wins and i actually have not used that app before. I've, it's been recommended a couple of times. So I'm glad you said that. And I think that's something that we all need to do. I don't care where you are in this world is we all yeah. need to celebrate some of those wins more so than focusing on, on the losses. We have uh, everyone in our mastermind uh, using the app and that's how we start every coaching call and every group call is with the wins. And I think conditioning people to be thinking in terms of wins is very helpful too, because, and you'll get people and you can kind of tell who your people who may tend to lean towards the negativity are in the group because they're going to start with what didn't work. Right. So then we back them back into the wins and we move that off into the questions area so that we can focus on what did work. And some people, Chris, do you find with your mastermind that some people 
they need training in focusing on the good stuff that they are not, it's not that easy for them to recognize themselves or any accomplishment. They're constantly belittling their progress. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think not only training, but retraining and then retraining and you know, retraining again for some of those people. And I don't know if it's just where we are as, as a world in the sense of just, again, focusing on, on what didn't go well. But yeah, it's, it's something that I think everybody deals with. And obviously, I pride myself as, as being a positive person and focusing on positivity. But there are days where you know, I find myself saying, okay, you know, let's acknowledge what didn't go well. Let's, let's acknowledge what or where you would have maybe liked to make improvements. Let's also focus on what you did do well. And, and to your point, it doesn't always have to be you know, today was absolutely perfect and it was the best day ever. But the flip side of that is we've all gone through 100% of our worst days and we're still here. Mm. So let's try to re- retrain ourselves and, and maybe change the channel a little bit in our mind of it's okay to acknowledge those things that didn't go well. It's okay not to ignore them, but it's not okay to focus and over-focus and, you know, continue to, you know, make yourself go nuts by overanalyzing what didn't go well. I said this on the podcast before, instead of saying that 2020 is rough or whatever might be my primary thought on that, 2020 is a great year and people have needed, people need me now more than ever. That's where my focus is going first part of the day, because I just don't see that the alternative is really all that appealing. Buying into all of the memes that it's a bad year, it's a terrible year. And obviously there's a lot going on. (laughs) It's, It's not the easiest year, that is for sure. But I think a lot of our people, a lot of our listeners have taken the hand that's been dealt and they have really done a great job at picking themselves up, dusting themselves off, and then moving forward. And I'm just so proud of those of you who have done exactly that. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point. And, and so many people have, have just done an amazing job you know, taking these lumps and, and coming back. And I think to your point, my hope is that in one, three, five, ten 10 years from now, I don't think we're going to look back and say, wow, this was the most amazing year ever. But what I hope, and I've been trying to get across to my clients and potential clients is let's learn from this. Let's make the most out of this moving forward. And let's be able to look back on 2020. And we're still going to say it was a difficult year. It was challenging. We've all known people that unfortunately have lost family members and it's been, it's been terrible in that regard. But how can we make a positive out of it? How can we take that horrific year and make it less horrific? How can we make that you know, a learning perspective. And, and I think in our, in our world, there have been some challenging times. You look at world wars and other things like that where horrific things have happened, but the end result is there have been a lot of good that came out of these challenging times. Yeah. And I do want to recognize people who are in grief right now. So I, I feel for them to such a degree because they've never really even gotten to start the grieving journey in the traditional yeah. way by having a funeral for their loved one and what have you. And that is definitely something that I want to kind of set aside and recognize as being, look, that's special circumstances. Okay. I get that you're going to have to work your way back to positivity. It may take some time. Now let's talk about your book, uh, the positivity tribe. There's, there's a piece in this book called one person at a time. What do you mean by one person at a time? Yeah, so we started, and I was, obviously this is just audio, but we've started putting out these positivity notes literally throughout um, the country. We're in 36 U.S. states, but also we've been in 
in six countries as well. And what we realized was people were responding in a positive fashion. So we were talking about the concept and the idea of one person at a time. One person can't impact the entire world, but one person every single day can positively impact one other person. And if you compound that over a week, a month, two months, that has a significant impact. And the thing that we love about the concept is if I share something positive with you, or if I inspire you, or if I encourage you to keep going, I've now positively impacted one person. But what I don't know is who else are you going to impact? So maybe your husband, maybe your husband's friend. And now all of a sudden that one genuine act of, of lifting somebody up could potentially impact 5, 10, 15, 20 other people. But when you aim to do it genuinely one person at a time, the compound impact could be limitless. So what would be some execution ideas for this? Like I remember watching this movie. I have the movie taste of a 13 year old girl. <laughs> and so she was in school and she would go put post-it notes on people's locker. Actually, I think maybe it was a book. And she would put post-it notes on people's locker and just say, you know, I like your shoes or something that was just, you know, because they saw, she saw this person being beat up that day in some way, either verbally or what have you. And so what are all the different ways that you see that people might do this? Maybe they pay for the person in the Starbucks line, uh, coffee. What, what are some things that you're seeing that are being effective? I, lo- I love that. And, and I definitely, if that's a book or a movie, I, you have to let me know because I will watch it, watch it or read it. Young adult fiction, Chris. I don't know if it's going to be in your genre. Well, it's, it's not my genre, but it's definitely in my positivity. Um, yes, um, the positivity but, um, for sure. But, yeah, you you touched on something that that hit me, and and I absolutely love it. And and, and I talk about this uh, on the podcast often. I do like a little wrap up at the end of each episode, and I say either a challenge or a question. And and a lot of times over the last two years, even prior to this to this um, Corona and this pandemic, is you know I challenge each and every one of you to do one thing today for somebody else with zero expectations in return. I've had a bunch of listeners and people reach out to me well, what can I do? And I don't have money and things. And I, and I say, well, how about this? How about you start with greeting a stranger, look him or her in the eye and say good morning or good afternoon or smile at them. What about holding the door open for somebody at a gym or going into a building? What about, to your point, buying somebody a cup of coffee? What about buying somebody or paying for somebody's toll, depending on around here, we have some tolls that are still yes. changed and things like that. And What's happened is now all of a sudden it's you realize that and and this is there's science behind this that when you do something for somebody else with zero expectations in return, you actually feel even better yourself as an end result. And that's the thing that I don't think anybody truly realizes, myself included, is you do something for somebody else because you want to help them or make them feel better. You talk about this grieving process. But what happens is when you go about doing things for people with the right reasons and with zero expectations in return. The end result, ironically, is you always feel better yourself. And I can honestly say to your, to your listeners, every time I've done that, buying a cup of coffee, holding the door open, paying for somebody's toll, smiling at a complete stranger, you always feel better because you did it because you don't know what somebody's going through. You don't know if they've had the worst day ever or God forbid during this pandemic, they just got some horrible news about a family member or loved one. Right. And, some, and sometimes it's that just teeny gesture that doesn't cost you money and maybe cost 10 seconds of your time, that could be the difference of them, you know, deciding to continue to go on that day or just, you know, not blow up on somebody else. And when you are positive with other people, 
it compounds. And when you do it with zero expectations, I think it even compounds even more. Yeah, I like that a lot. And you know what, Chris, I think you just gave me an idea. Maybe, I don't know if you struggle with this at all, but at the end of every podcast, I never really know how to finish it off. And I would love to ask a question at the end of every podcast. What can you do today to make someone else's day better? I love that. What if I just close with that? Would that be something that uh, might send somebody off thinking, you know, even those people who are maybe struggling with grief, if they can step out of their grief for a minute and think about somebody else, that might even help them a little, you know, a small step in their journey. You just gave me a really big idea. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. No, I just have to, to comment on that. I think that is the true definition of the positivity tribe. And what we try to do is, is you just make people think about it a little bit differently. It doesn't mean you add four hours of time. It doesn't mean you now triple their commute to and from work or with kids and things like that. But it's just having that one minute or the 30 seconds or just thinking about somebody else. And yeah, you might be grieving. You might be going through a difficult time. But if it takes you out of that for a couple minutes, mm. you know for a fact you're going to make somebody else feel better. And I don't think anybody has ever felt bad about making somebody else feel better. Yeah. And it's a relief. All right. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about your seven point creed. Is this something that you personally live by or who all does this affect and impact in your world? Yeah, it, it's... I, I try to live by it. I, I think any of us who say we're perfect would be, would be <laughs> not totally telling the truth, especially during 2020. But I created this seven-point creed in 2019. And when I say I created it, I've been tinkering with it for a while. And I read a, a ton of books. And I, I saw a couple, three or four-point, let's call them creeds or things that people live by, mottos. You fill in the words. And we created it. And it's a seven-point creed. And it's be kind, be positive be generous, be humble, be grateful, be forgiving, and be encouraging. And it's something that I think has tested time for, for years and years and years, and I think it will test time. And it's something that when we created it and we put it together, it's part of our book, is it's something that doesn't cost money. It's something that a parent or a grandparent or a spouse doesn't need to go out and buy a new phone or go out and purchase a new app. It's, it's being kind. It's being humble, being grateful. There are things that we all can do, but I think during these challenging times, I think the beauty that I see is that there are so many amazing people that are realizing during 2020 that, you know what? There are a lot of people that have it a lot worse than I do. There are mm -hmm. a lot of companies that are shutting down. To your point, our, our industry, the speaking industry got hit and then some. I don't know many industries that were hit harder in the sense because a lot of speaking needs to be done in person. And when you basically yeah. shut everything down, but I challenge everyone, you know, even any of your listeners is, is as you said it, you know, the way you're going to maybe think about ending your show is, is the whole premise behind the seven point creed. It's, it's doing the right thing, even when nobody's watching, it's mm -hmm. doing the right thing, knowing for sure that nobody is actually watching and you're still going to do the right thing. You're going to be humble. You're going to be generous and you're going to be encouraging. And it's not for you. It's for that other person, that other company, that other, that other person that's really challenged and is really going through a difficult time. That's really beautiful, Chris. I know that it's not always easy to stay in the mode that uh, you're setting out from yourself. I know Wayne Dyer had a funny saying about this, that it was a short distance from enlightened to asshole. That's his word. 
you know, when he couldn't find his keys and he got all angry with his kid, where'd you put my keys? And then he reached into his pocket and they were there. So that's kind, of, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the idea there. But I want to say thank you. You have the, the, your, the positivity tribe will live through us here at the Wealthy Speaker podcast. I hope that we'll spread it to all of the people out there. And then, then they will then spread it to all of their audiences, okay? So we're gonna put your seven point creed in the show notes. I wanna say thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show today. I appreciate it, thank you for the opportunity. Now let's let people know uh, the name of your podcast and and uh, where they should get a hold of you. Appreciate that. So uh, the podcast is titled No Quit Living, which is the same name of, of my company. Website is noquitliving.com, but I always give my personal email address, which is chris at noquitliving.com. And the reason I do that, twofold, one, I love connecting with new people. And two, over the last 10 or 15 years of my professional career, I've had some amazing people that have given me time. We obviously spoke about one before the show, Bob Berg, who's given me an amount of, inordinate amount of time. And I love connecting with new people. And I hope every single time I do a podcast is to inspire one person to do one thing for somebody else with zero expectations in return. Oh, that's so beautiful. And Bob Berg is a really good friend of mine as well. And I uh, was so happy to hear his name. Okay, well, here we go. We're going to practice doing our closeout. What can you do today to make someone else's day better? And with that, we will say, see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.